Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 7 of the Manly Hanley Podcast. This is the podcast with one with no limits on what we'll cover. I can't read. I'm your host, Randy. Have a snack, sit back, and relax. This episode was recorded on Sunday, May 24th, 2020, Memorial Day weekend. So, Memorial Day is tomorrow, obviously where we honor all of those who have died while serving the USA. Um, I hope... Everyone's enjoying their Memorial Day weekend. Anybody that's watching, it looks like we got five viewers right now. Awesome. This is way better than last week. Thanks, friends and family, for stopping in here. Um, so, I'm, I'm getting a delay on my mic already, but that's because it's something I did wrong. Nothing wrong with the setup. And I'm just muting some tracks so they don't jump in the episode. Because this time, instead of just me hearing it in the headphones, with this new setup, you will also hear it and suffer. And somebody wrote that Blue Blue Moon is their favorite beer. Awesome. And what I did notice when I looked in the monitor, first thing, um, is that I think I'm wearing the same shirt as I wore last week. I got to, you know, change the cycle. I wash my clothes, obviously, but I'm wearing, if I go back and look at last week's clip, I'm 99% sure I wore the Blue Moon shirt because I was saving the episode last week. And I recall seeing this. So, um. Blue Moon's a great, I think that's a gateway beer to like craft beers, in my opinion. But uh, from, from you know, I'm not a, a huge beer uh, guru, but I do like, I'm kind of new to the craft beer world, I'd say in the last few years anyway. And I, I really, I really like it. Blue Moon's great still. It's, you know, even after I've, you know, you pay more for other beers, Blue Moon is still delicious. Um, but I today I have a Modelo. Um, this is good stuff too low on the calories too which i i'm trying to watch lately but um anyways for today uh the announcements are i received the a10 mini pro that's the device i was you know crossing my fingers for that would arrive all the time and um it finally did and like last week's episode shout out to eos the um richard there got it to me amazing service no the guy knows what he's talking about that's quality. That's where you want to buy from, in my opinion. And people are still waiting six to eight weeks to get this device from the big, big stores like B&H Photo, Sweetwater, whatever. All those big stores. Guitar Center, Musician's Friend. So, you know, think outside the box and get it from a small business like that. And they, they go the extra mile to support you. Um, having a bit of audio issues, as are others, though, with this device. If you hear a buzz right now, it's likely if you're listening in some good speakers, you are hearing a buzz. That's because of the A10 Mini Pro audio jack. But that's just a, that's just by design with this device. Um, it's a, an issue right now. It's brand new, so they'll iron that out, I'm sure, with a software patch. Um, also, DD Maltech, company that I reached out to, I was looking at different companies that make encoders. They're going to be sending me an H265 HDMI encoder for testing. So, yes, that kind of defeats the purpose of me having this A10 Mini Pro. But I want to see how this standalone device that's just made for encoding, not switching or anything, just encoding works. Can I use my computer setup again like I was before, but just send the encoding to the encoder and then back, you know, use the computer still for what I've been using it for. I want to try that out and see if I can recommend it to people because people that are, there's a lot more people jumping on this game of um, uh, encoding video and doing live streaming and being semi pro like myself with this. So, you know, just jumping in, you want something that makes it easy. And we'll see how that goes. 
So today's episode is random tech that I find useful. Basically, um, it's it's four apps or services that I think are pretty cool. And I'm always going to do episodes like this maybe a few times a year because as new things come out, I like to, you know, not skip over them. So I've done an episode like this last year and I've recommended some apps and services that I like. But um, so let's start off with the first one. That's Socratic by Google. Didn't hear about this till very recently in the last few days. And it's a learning app. And I think this is a good one to cover because people are working from home. People are, you know, uh, teaching their kids homeschooling, right? It's a learning app geared towards high school and university students, and it aims to help them understand their schoolwork. Yes, you can just go Google it. But the cool thing is it, this, this lets you take a, take a picture of like the questions on the sheet and, you know, kind of like Google goggles, Google lens or whatever. Maybe it's somewhat similar to that, but it's geared towards education and they can use their voice or the camera to look for something, look for an answer to something they're confused about. So that's pretty cool. Um, I tried it out just like, you know, I wrote like a question even by hand on paper and it detected my nasty handwriting. So that was kind of cool. And then I did one just off the screen, like a question. And if it detects other text in the area, you can just kind of highlight and crop to the text you want to ask a question about. And it will pull up education related sources that it thinks might be answering your question. And it's pretty accurate. I've had, uh, you know, maybe it's pulling some from Wikipedia. I don't know. But it's it's pretty cool. Um, so it's called Socratic by Google. And all of these apps, like always, I will have the link in the show notes or the description on wherever I upload it to. So um, there is a Google Play app for Android. And there is also an Apple App Store app for the iOS platform. So uh, that's, so, again, Socratic. It's S-O-C-R-A-T-I-C if you're just wanting to look it up now on your phone and just download it on your own. The next one, this is number two already, Mathway. There's a lot of these apps out there that kind of like let you take a picture, it seems like, but there's like some that just don't work or they're just maybe trying to jump onto this bandwagon of all these apps that can use AI to help you solve something. But this Mathway is a math problem solver and it can do basic math, probably what I'm limited to, algebra, trig, calc, statistics, even chemistry and graphing. Um, was not that much into that in, in high school, and I wish apps like this had existed. Not that I would just flat out cheat, but I would learn from what it's teaching me at least. Like, oh, that's what I did wrong. That's cool because these apps tend to show you that they can lay out what it's what's going on. Um, and this Mathway app, I did it with my own writing again, and again, my handwriting is probably not as good as yours. Uh, you could write like x equals or x plus two equals four. And then solve for it'll just automatically know to solve for X and it'll just put X equals two or whatever. And that's really cool. But it will do complex ones, obviously more complex than what I'm talking about. If it could do trig and all those other things and statistics and um, it has a computer accessible website, unlike unlike a lot of other apps. That's that's a bonus to me because everything seems to be limited to the phone. I don't know if that just decreased development costs because you're just making it for. You know, um one platform and you don't have to code for everything else, but this works on the web. You can type out in the browser X plus two equals, and it will solve it. So that's kind of cool. And yes, Google's always done that, but this is geared. This app is geared towards math and science, I guess. So, uh, yeah, that one's called Mathway, all one word, M A T H W A Y. I got the play store link. And, uh, so the next, this next one is one I've used for a long time. Let me take a sip here. It's called PDF escape. Now like PDFs are, you know, 
Adobe Acrobat portable document format. I think it stands for. And, uh, well, PDFs are everywhere. And in my tech career, people are always wanting to edit PDFs. It's like if it was a perfect world, nobody would have to edit a PDF and they, some, you know, something would get exported a PDF from, you know, maybe you, a word document gets turned into a PDF and there's nothing that needs to be changed, but people always want to reverse engineer their PDFs. Every job I've been at left and right, everybody wants an Adobe Acrobat $15 a month license or whatever it is a month to edit PDFs. You can't just pay the 700 or three to $700 for the PDF software as easily as you used to be able to with Adobe Acrobat. You pay a subscription. Everything's a software as a service nowadays. There's nowhere, no way to avoid it uh, unless the developer themselves makes it that easy. Um, let's see. All right. Got a little message there. Um, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Also. Yeah. Thanks Harmony. Harmony for that. And, um, that's true. Yeah. So uh, Harmony Cook wrote, uh, thanks my uh, thankful my high school student is into math. It's infinite and there's always an answer. That's awesome. So yeah, I had a, a great teacher in high school. Um, God, it was in algebra. I had I had actually a few great teachers and they would spend time with me. I had trouble in, some, in like I excelled in geometry. I don't know if it's because I'm left handed, but like algebra, I had trouble in algebra. I don't know if I just made it harder than it was, but my teacher would take extra time. And once I had a solid understanding of it, it was so easy. And it was, but I was, I had trouble learning it, like grasping it from somebody else. So I think those apps might be cool to, to check out. Um, and um, so back to PDF escape though, if you're looking to do simple edits to a PDF before you jump on the Adobe subscription, in my experience, like I deal with hundreds of subscriptions um, at, at, at work and um I think we have around two to 300 maybe people using the subscriptions, 15 bucks a pop a month. Um, check out PDF escape. If you're looking to just rotate PDF pages, maybe delete one of the pages from the stack of pages and then resave it. This free tool will do it. Don't waste your money. If you're looking to write over top of the PDF to annotate it, it's called not actually edit the PDF. It'll also do that. So you could kind of just white out with a square and then kind of right into the PDF. It's not going to be as, I want to say, official as the Adobe method, where Adobe, they're the that's the de facto standard, right? Adobe makes, they they handle the PDF standard. Excuse me. <clears throat> but uh, check out pdfescape.com. That's pdfescape, E-S-C-A-P-E.com. Um, it's free. There is a paid version. It has a little more features, but still, at its core, it can do, um, it can also do... Um, uh, you can make like PDF forms. You could make little boxes and then make your own PDF from scratch if you want to as well. I found that most of the time I'm just cropping out something like hiding it with a white square and then resaving it to make it customized. Um, and, the, and it handles it just fine. Um, so if you you know if you want to do optical character recognition, um, you have some legal processes at work. Maybe you're um, you know, doing some really technical stuff with PDFs all the time, you're going to want to pay Adobe and just get the uh, commercial version. There are other, uh, I think it's pdffiller.com or something like that. I, I, this is off the top of my head. It's like $8 a month, which is half, a little more than half of what Adobe charges. But if you're already paying that, you might just want to pay Adobe for the real deal. But um, all right, so that's three things. We're going to go to the fourth one now. We got Microsoft Edge browser. I never thought I would be recommending this. I could not stand Edge for the longest time. 
Um, Microsoft Edge now has a new Microsoft Edge, though. It's not the one that comes with your copy of Windows 10 right now. So if you have Windows 10, the version that came shipped with it, the Edge version, is likely not the one I'm talking about. If you go into Google or Bing and just type in new Microsoft Edge, there's a very new version that's based on the Chromium engine that Google Chrome uses. Um, But it's like the open version. It's not like the lockdown Google Chrome, because that's called Google Chrome. Chrome is based on the Chromium engine, and that's kind of like an open source project that Google is working on. And people can work, you know, it's it's free code to use, I guess. <laughs> but uh, so Microsoft has their own take on it. It's called Microsoft Edge, the new one, I guess. But um, that's the only way in the last 10 years I've been able to get away from Google Chrome. So to me, that's big. Um, there's been some privacy issues with Google Chrome um, and Google not allowing people to block ads anymore because, well, guess what? That's how Google makes a lot of their money. And if you're blocking ads on those sites, well... Well, some people want to be able to do that. They want to be able want to be able to block ads. Google uh, Chrome, you know, like I think it was a year ago, they made they started to make that really hard, made it make it difficult for people. But the new Edge can can do it can do that, and it can also run Google Chrome extensions. Therefore, no reason for me to keep Google Chrome, and it has better privacy allegedly features. Um. So yeah, in 10 years, I think Google Chrome was released in 2008 or 9, around Windows 7 days, something like that. It was it was right around then. And I couldn't get away from it because my bookmarks synced to it. I love that. I, I didn't have to have an external tool to sync my bookmarks, my passwords, all that. It synced to Google servers and I had a Gmail address and I, that's what I used for everything. And um, well, Edge Browser, if you just have a Microsoft email address, if you have a Hotmail and Outlook.com, uh, I don't know what else they own. Um, MSN.com, all those. If you ha- th- those will work to sign in and sync your bookmarks and all that stuff for free to your Microsoft account. So Microsoft, it's a t- it's a pretty good sell that they're saying you can get away from Chrome extensions and try our browser. It runs, you know, in Windows 10 very well because Microsoft makes Windows 10. Um, but it also runs on Mac OS, Android, iOS, and it can sync the tabs that you're in between your phone and your browser, just like other browsers do. But again, this Edge browser, I've been using it solid as my primary browser for, I think, three or four months now, whenever it first kind of started being featured. And I can't, I, I, it's perfect. It replaced Chrome. I deleted Chrome. It's gone for the first time in 10 years. So if you want or are considering you know, some better privacy settings... Uh, from a, a browser that respects your privacy a little more, try try the new Edge. Yes, there are browsers out there like Tor that I mean you can you can go all, you know, um, hiding from everybody I guess. But I don't know Edge is good enough for me. Um, it also though on a t- on top of what it does out of the box uh, with the privacy features, it also can be a research beast uh, because of the powerful collections feature it's called, and it's built into the browser right up the top right. You just click this little collections button. And if you're researching for a project, say, you can add a site to a collection. Think of Pinterest, maybe, but you can add the sites to a collection and just keep moving along. You know, add this site to the collection, add this site, add a note. It's got a little note feature. You could type something about that the collection you're adding to. And you could say, you know, this site's really cool. I like this. And then when you're all done researching for a particular collection, you can go export the collection to Word or Excel in the browser. And right there, you have 
I mean, the way I look at it, that's a perfect way for a, a research paper or an outline. And all the links are included with the notes embedded and you can edit it in those <laughs> Word or Excel. That's amazing. That's that's powerful. So don't pass it up. Give it a shot. I'm, just trust me on that one. I, I Anybody that I've referred or recommended the uh, Edge browser to, this new one really loves it. And it replaces Chrome for them uh, in my professional life here. That happens all the time. So, um, yeah, that's all I have for today. And um, on a close, uh, you know, to close on on, on those four apps, um, there there are apps that don't earn my interest, I guess. And this is uh, apps that in general have a sign-in screen before you're able to use the app. That's a big, like, no-no in my book. I, I just, now I will sign in for those apps that are using like the OAuth or the, the multi-sign-in where it says you want to sign in with your Google account because yes, I already have a Google account and on my phone there's always one signed in. So I haven't fully escaped the Google cloud, but you can just click in, you know, sign in with my Google account and I don't have to create another account. So in general, I try to avoid apps that make me create a new account. I think the more accounts you have, the more vulnerable you are to being annoyed or, uh, you know, spammed. Just things like that um i don't want to say hacked but i mean unless you're giving all your info to to every company you're signing up with but um i mean how do you how do i know that i care to sign up with my info before even trying out your app that's that's what i'm thinking when i when i look at this app and you know bye-bye to them uh for the most part though the apps that i've listed above do not require a sign-in just those google ones require the google uh account to be created or to be signed in with if you want to but uh the socratic app by google just asks you to sign in with the uh, google account the uh mathway one I, I recall i just clicked on it and i was able to take pictures of math problems and that was pretty sweet so uh that's the end of this live stream uh when i stop it here if you want to watch it it's going to be posted to my facebook page the manly hanley podcast facebook page thanks a lot for listening and uh I'm not going to do the fade out music because I'll add that post, actually. Um, If you're a new listener to the Manly Hanley podcast, we would love to hear from you. Visit our website and leave a comment. That's randyhanley.com. You know, give me some some, some, eh, suggestions of what you'd like to hear or any kind of technology or music related stuff you want me to cover. I can do any of that. Um, While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the newsletter. Follow Randrums on Twitter and most importantly, like the Manly Hanley podcast Facebook page. Also, if you're a podcaster or looking to get into it, I have a Facebook group for, it's for Michigan people, but um, you can message me on the Manly Hanley podcast Facebook page if you're not in Michigan. But I have a Michigan podcasting enthusiast Facebook uh, group, and I think we have over 150 members now or close to it. It's it's awesome. It's, it's uh, a lot of fun. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great holiday weekend.